Hi, everyone. It's Melinda Garvey with the See It To Be It podcast. This week, we have another great interview with an incredible role model. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the See It To Be It podcast. I'm your host, Melinda Garvey. And as always, excited to bring you yet another incredible role model. Today, we are welcoming Andrea Seamayer. She is the founder of Alin Designs, and she's got a really cool concept with her fashion company. So we're excited to talk to her today and see how she is innovating and leading the way in this space. Welcome, Andrea. Great to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. She's based in New York, but she's in LA, so it's awfully early. So I appreciate you getting up early to be on the show. So thank you. As we get started, you know, we know that paths aren't always straight. So I like for everybody to go way back. You know, when you were growing up, what was your big dream? What did you think you'd be doing when you grew up? Funny enough, I didn't think I was going to be a fashion designer. When I was growing up, I was a dancer. I was a competitive dancer. I traveled the country. I danced 40 hours a week. So I thought I was going to grow up to run a dance convention is originally what I thought. And I thought that all the way up until I was in high school and then realized that the career longevity might not be as long as I wanted and that I wanted something that was a little bit more business driven. Then I started admiring women in suits (laughs) and so I wanted to kind of make that turn and what I was really inspired by was the costumes I wore. You know in my high school years of dance I started working with a costume designer and designing my own costumes and that's kind of where I made that pivot point of the big dreams turning from a theatrical dance career into more of a fashion career. Very good. You know, it's interesting because you don't often hear creatives say, you know, I was admiring women in suits <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because it's, it's such a different place to be, you know, to kind of think through that business mind. But it seems like you've actually managed to take, you know, your creativity and, mm-hmm. you know, combine it with that business pull that you had and create something, you know, really amazing. Yeah. Um, Let's talk a little bit about your company, Alien Designs. Mm-hmm. It has a really cool concept. And I have to tell you that when I was reading about it, I mean, I'm 5'1". And so even petite clothes, I have to alter. But then I have a long torso. It's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, you know, where has this been all my life? Because I've spent a lot of money. So tell our audience just about your concept and why you had such a passion for this. Yes, definitely. Aylin is an apparel brand where we focus on building proportions that are better fit for all body types. So what we really want to do is focus on the height to width ratio. So when you go to the store, usually if you're buying like a blazer or pant, it's like a one number system. You have size zero through 12 is most average and there's nothing about length. The most common alteration is getting it hemmed. A lot of times if you have these new trends, especially in bottoms are very length driven, like a capri pant, you know, like the flood pant with the little flare at the bottom or these midi length skirts. Well, if you're short, like you and I both, a midi-length skirt is not hitting at your calf. And Drag you hem it on it. the floor. <laughs> exactly. And then yeah. you hem it, and then the flare is gone, so it looks completely different than the taller girl. And the vice versa happens for really tall women where the midi-length is now at their knee. They can't add more fabric to get it back to where they want it to. So what Aileen really does is we offer lengths in all of our clothes, which seems, you know... Like you said, it would make sense for us to be doing many years before this now, but I think that brands don't want to take the responsibility of giving more options and sizes to women right now. If a man goes to a store and buys a suit, his blazer comes in a chest width and an arm length. So he already kind of has that 
length and width measurement. He has a two-point measure system. Same with all of his trousers or waisted inseam, and his button-down shirts are neck width and arm length. And we don't, and I don't think that's fair. And as, like I said, growing up wanting to be a businesswoman, we are 50% of the workforce and there's more women going into business and entrepreneurs and executives going into these offices and they should also have those same options when they go into a store to buy a nice blazer. You know, why do they only have one number and constantly have to have it tailored? So we want to make more body proportions available to women straight from the rack. I think that it's the brand's responsibility to give options that fit you right from the start. It's not fair to buy a $200 piece of clothing and then spend another $100 on having it altered to your body. I think that just in one room alone, you could find women that range in height from at least six inches, you know, from five foot to five foot six. And in the fashion industry, our average length variant from a size zero to a size 16 is no more than two to three inches. You know, just looking at those numbers, there needs to be a bit of a fix. And so a start to the fix is offering different lengths. And the more that we grow, the more specialized sizing we can do shoulder width or, you know, large bust to waist comparison is another thing that a lot of women struggle with. But, you know, just to start, at least getting those length options out there will give you more opportunity to find the perfect fit and be comfortable in your everyday life and not be fidgeting with your clothes or spending extra money on tailoring or even like just wearing it once and then throwing it into the trash and contributing to landfills. We're really trying to, you know, be sustainable, make better choices in buying and getting things that stay in your closet forever and last long. Well, mm-hmm. and I think that also what ends up happening is that, you know, you sort of find a few styles that work for you. For me, I know that in a dress, like the fit and flare is my thing. I'm busy. So I just buy that. <laughs> you know, I'm not always being able to experience, you know, all the different fashion trends because I'm sort of like, okay, I'm not even going to go down that road. Like I got to figure yeah. out, I got to figure out, you know, you sort of figure out what works for you. So, I mean, certainly opens up a lot of opportunity and possibility. And I think that also, you know, as we get older and our bodies change as well, you know, I find myself, well, okay, I, I like to have a little bit longer, mm-hmm. you know, top. Yep. You know, I wear a size small. Oftentimes, like I'll actually buy a bigger size and then it doesn't look good in the top because I just wanted yeah. it a little bit longer, you know, all of those things. And I, I do love that. It just makes so much sense. You know, I'm wondering too, you know, whenever you innovate in something and you're changing the norms, you know, have you gotten any pushback sort of from the fashion industry at large? Not so much pushback from the fashion industry at large, more so investors or, you know, people that think, how are you going to do that with inventory? It's pre-making the clothes. So you're buying it and it ships right away. So it's not made to order. And that's really the only pushback from the business side, not the fat, not the creative, not the manufacturers. You know, I have a strong relationships with my manufacturers. They'll try anything that I ask them to and, and they're excited about it. They understand one of my manufacturers is in Hong Kong where most of those women are all under five, three. So, you know, they get excited about like, oh, this is new. Let's try it. But it's really the business side of things, the logistics people, you know, people that handle inventory, like how are you going to possibly have that much inventory? And yes, in the beginning, it is a test. Like when you start a new innovation like this, you don't buy a lot of each size in the very beginning because you're not sure which ones are going to do the best, which ones are most needed. And there's a lot of different body types out there. So, you know, it is a little bit hard to gauge on which 
styles to buy deep into or which sizes to buy a lot of, but that's something we're constantly tracking. And then as we refill and get more inventory and make more styles, we know how to break down those sizes and which ones we need the most of and which ones we just need a few of. And so it does take a while to get those checks and balances in place, but that's mostly what I get the pushback from is that they think it's insanity to offer that many sizes. You also turn around to the man that's telling you that you're insane and say like, do you know how many sizes a suit company has to carry for you to wear what you're wearing right now? It's double what I'm doing. So men's shirts, my husband is six, five, yeah. like really long arms and a really long torso. And so, you know, I'm constantly, and it's, you know, looking for just the arm length, the 35, 36 or 37, 38. I don't, can't remember even now off the top yeah. of my head, it's a million different sizes. It is crazy. Yeah. That's funny. My boyfriend is six, three and I'm only five foot. <laughs> what is that about? You know, <laughs> I want to kind of just talk about just your philosophy behind the inclusive sizing because, of course, I know that you want women to be able to, to have this option and to be able to, you know, wear these styles and wear them properly. But, you know, I saw some stuff where you sort of talk about just about the impact of, you know, besides better fitting clothes, what do you think fashion does in terms of a woman and just her confidence? I think that fashion really can promote or completely deteriorate body consciousness. Like, you know, your confidence when you walk out of the door can be enhanced by what you're wearing or can make you really feel terrible about yourself. Body positivity is directly correlated to what you put on your body. So I think we have the opportunity to give someone the confidence to walk out and feel good in what they're wearing, no matter what their body looks like. I don't think that you should have to alter your body to feel good about yourself in a dress. I think that you should have the option of buying a dress that you can put on your body as is and feel good about yourself. I think every woman's experienced that time when she leaves the house in this brand new piece of whether it's a top, a skirt, a dress, whatever it is, and they're really excited to wear it. And then they're fidgeting all day, like whether like the button on a button down blouse is about to pop open at your bust and you're like constantly trying to make sure it's closed or the waist is just a little bit too tight on your pants and like you're trying to unbutton them any chance you get to give your waist a break, you know, or you get home and you have that terrible line that's digging into your skin when you- I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Never heard of that. (laughs) Yeah, or like for me even, it's like pants that are too long or skirts that are too long and I'm trying not to trip on my pants as I'm like walking into a meeting or constantly having to roll up my sleeves because they're about to like drag into my own food. You know, we all kind of experience that. And for some reason, you feel embarrassed, even though it's not really embarrassing. It's not your fault that the clothes weren't made to fit you. But you always are trying to hide those little things where you're like, oh, crud. Like, I just realized that my pants are dragging and the bottom of them are black now from getting dirty on a rainy day, whatever it may be. But I think that giving someone clothes that they can walk out of the door and nothing squeezing too tight. All the lengths are right. They don't have to fidget. They can be confident that it's going to stay on. It's going to be proper all day and not cause them to have to hide to fix something. Gives you more time on what you really need to focus on the day and less worry on your clothes. And you just feel a little bit sexier when it fits right. And you don't have to blame your body for something because I think we tend to blame ourselves when something goes awry instead of blaming the garment. Let's talk about just you as a young businesswoman. 
obviously the fashion industry has a lot of women. It's certainly, you know, male dominated still to a certain extent. And, you know, just what has your personal experience been in business as a young woman? I know you mentioned investors, you know, and just how, you know, have you ever felt like you had extra challenges or they didn't take you seriously? Yeah, definitely. I think that as a young woman, you have to hit a lot more milestones and do a lot more proving of yourself than a young man would have to do. You see these startups that go and raise millions and millions of dollars with just an idea. They haven't even proven that they can make anything yet and they're raising millions. Whereas a woman, most of the time when I am speaking to an investor or another male business entity, the first thing they want to know is like, have you reached the million dollar mark in revenue? Of course, we're a very young brand. So the answer is no, but that's what they want to see. Like, oh, come back to me when you're making millions or just these giant milestones for just a barely a year old business that my counterparts as males that I see, you know, that I'm friends with have other businesses don't have to do those things. You know, they can more easily go forward with investors on just an idea or like, you know, with their words, even if the words are true or not, than say myself. Also being a short woman, I find even harder because you walk into these rooms for networking and when you're short, it's like you disappeared or the 10 years old, like, oh, wow, like I thought you were a kid. You know, you're just kind of like treated as almost like you're a ghost. So you really have to speak up and be loud and stand up for yourself. Very rarely, if it's a room full of men, do they come and talk to the few women standing in the room? They're going to go to what looks normal to them. So someone that looks like themselves. So you really have to build up your confidence and be your biggest cheerleader because certainly none of them are going to be. Yes. Interesting. So where do you find mentors, advisors, you know, people who are just going to help sort of fill that cup for you and help encourage you and give you advice and really move your business forward? A few different places since I've started, you know, when I decided to start Alin and venture out from the fashion industry to do my own business, a lot of the mentors came from the fashion industry. You know, I've been in the industry for more than a decade and I've met amazing women along the way. A lot of my bosses were women and so they're mentors and I connect with them, you know, from Alice and Olivia to Zach Posen to, you know, people from Rebecca Taylor, all of those people have been supporters and help guide me along the way. They're all in different departments which I can use, you know, like head of PR or like main designers or people in logistics that can all offer me advice that correlates directly to my business as it's in fashion. And alongside of the industry, I joined a lot of female entrepreneur groups. I'm part of the Female Founder Collective, which was funny enough, founded by Rebecca Minkoff, who is in the fashion industry. But that's full of women of all different industries, not just fashion. And she makes it very easy to connect with other women in the community Right now, mentoring with the founder of Mirror, the exercise Mirror, you know, that's blown up and it's very popular. So things like that are really useful for me. Also, another group is Dreamers and Doers, which is a Facebook group that that was put together. And it's not even for big founders, just any females looking for entrepreneurship or female empowerment. So that's really interesting too, to find not even just founders, but maybe customers or people that are like looking up that want to try to do their own thing where you can find mentors and mentees. So really building communities is important as both a startup founder and definitely as a female founder. So I find that those two places is where I get most of my mentorship, whether it's a founder community or from the actual fashion industry experience that I've built along my career. 
That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. So what's the best piece of advice that you've either gotten over the years or what's sort of your go-to piece of advice that you give others? Well, my motto that I live by is teamwork makes the dream work. So I was a solo founder and it's hard to do it alone. So, you know, you really need someone to help. Whether you have a co-founder, I brought on a CMO who's been amazing, Tamara Lane, and she's a big help. And I think that once you find that person, like you really need to make sure you have someone that helps you. And even if you don't have a full-time employee that helps you, like I said, there's communities out there where you can rely on others. Because if you try to build it yourself, handle all the emotions yourself and go through this grind by yourself, I don't know how long you'll actually last. You know, like I think you can certainly build a company on your own, but you really need a supportive community around you or definitely emotionally to be able to survive. It's really hard. So I always tell people to make sure they're surrounded with support, whether that's employees, a team, or even just a supportive loved one or community. You need people to be able to succeed. Never try to take it all on yourself because you're not going to be the best company you can be if you think that you can do it all. I try to stick to what I'm an expert at and then let the other experts take it from there. I know they can do better than me. Now that's great advice. As we kind of wind down, I like to do a little speed round just to get to know you a little bit better personally. So what does your morning routine look like? It is wake up, immediately brush my teeth and shower. And then I always at home enjoy a cup of coffee with collagen in it as I get older. (laughs) (laughs) Collagen in it. Wow. that I've never heard that before. Yeah. One scoop of collagen powder keeps that skin tight. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Write that down. (laughs) Right? Yeah. A B12 vitamin and a green juice every morning before I leave the house. Okay. I love that. So what are you currently reading or listening to? I always am promoting my favorite book, Leapfrog. I'm pretty much always reading things that are going to help me as an entrepreneur. And Leapfrog was written by Natalie Molina. And it is an amazing book with so many helpful tips in it that I go back and read through the chapters weekly to remind myself of the tips that I have found so useful in my journey. And I'm constantly kind of using it as a guide to myself and my journey. So that's a favorite book. I finished it and I'm still pulling it back out and re-highlighting things and re-noting things to help myself. Very good. And what's one thing you can't live without? Coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and a staple pair of heels. I always have them in my bag, at my office, when I'm in LA, in the backseat of the car. When you need to show up and be tall. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Well, Andrea, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and appreciate you sharing so openly. Tell everyone where they can find you and your fabulous clothing line. Yes. Our website is Alyn Designs. It's A-L-Y-N-N designs.com. And our email is info at alyndesigns.com. If you have any questions, we're happy to help you, give you advice, answer whatever you might want to know. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. And Good luck in your venture. It sounds fabulous. We're going to be checking you out and, you know, keeping an eye on all your success. Thanks for being here today. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the See It To Be It podcast. For more female empowerment, inspiration, and advice, subscribe to our free weekly newsletter featuring a new woman to watch each week and check out over a thousand more featured women at onthedotwoman.com. Know someone we need to feature? Reach out at onthedotwoman.com on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.